Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, where we're covering Dark on Netflix. And today we are going to be covering Season 2, Episode 4, The Travelers. I'm your host, Brian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jerry. Jerry, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. How are you doing, Brian? Doing great. You know, this is a really fun episode. A um, couple of my favorite images from the show, from this episode. And uh, we got some big reveals that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, Adam is Jonas. We, we have that out of the way, and we can freely talk about that. So uh, really pumped about that. Um, where do you want to start with uh, this episode, Jer? I feel like we start with the furthest back in the past, right? In, in 1921. Don't you feel like that kind of makes the most sense? Yeah, I mean, we have Jonas. Uh, that kind of threw me for a loop that he ended up in 1921, another timeline to keep track of. But it was exciting, and there's some characters that are there in the past that we have to talk about that are related to Jonas, that we know are related to Jonas. <laughs> and it's uh, it's really interesting how these people keep popping up. And, of course, we've seen Noah. So uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you want to talk about first in the past? I mean, I think first, you know, there's a lot to kind of kind of encapsulate when they show these scenes, right? Um, I think part of it that's kind of neat is you get the sense that the fields and what they're doing there is kind of essentially the power plant, right? I think probably if you look at the percentage of Wyndon that maybe worked in the power plant in, you know, in 2019, probably that same percentage worked in the fields when you're talking about 1921. So I thought that was kind of important to take in and kind of see, you know, people, you know, the labor workers, that type of thing, um, and get a sense of that and, and kind of the importance there and, um, you know, the way that Jonas is treated when he's got, when he gets there. And they, I guess they think he's kind of, um, I guess, so in 1921, I think the World World War One has ended. And I guess I, I actually looked this up. The, the Treaty of Versailles was in 1919 which is kind of like semi-official ending to the, to the war. And I guess the the treaty in particular was really hard on the Germans. And, and I guess, um, when they're saying, you know, Hey, he he must've been on one of the fronts. They're assuming he's kind of, you know, he's been in the war and, uh, and he's had a rough go of it. Right. Yeah. They, so he said he was on the Eastern front, which I thought was smart and, you know, not giving away too much, but also revealing something. And, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting because it would be a couple of years after the war ended, but I guess he was like the, they, they thought he was out there for so long. And at one point Urza says that, uh, they must've done a number on you. And so he, they said he was in a, a labor camp, I believe. And, um, I didn't know right. too much about that history. And I was wondering, I, I don't know if you would know this, Jared, do you know what would be considered the Eastern front for Germany in 19, you know, in 1921? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think that would. I mean, I don't know. I would need to look it up on the Google Map. <laughs> yeah, no, because I'm just, I'm just speculating because I don't know if they would be fighting, you know, as far east as you know, uh, Asia and Japan. But I, I think it no, would more oh, mean Russia, right, or somewhere. I think it would be, it would be Russia. Okay, that's I what mean, I would. Right, that's, what I, I I, that, that's directly to the east, right? Yeah, so obviously I, I Jonas isn't. Yeah, <laughs> going over, going over, coming over from that far away so yeah especially in 1921 um yeah and I, I feel you know maybe poland right sure um mm -hmm. you know it, it that that would kind of make sense and i guess you know the the time right after the war is very hard on the german people and i guess they're you know they're forced to do kind of 
manual labor and different things like that that it, I guess is is very hard on their people. And, and I, I guess is part of the reason it leads to World War II as well, right, is, is right. how suppressed they were coming out of World War One. Right, the reparations that were from the Treaty of Versailles, right? Um, is that, that's what I mean. Right. War. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, so, I mean, that was, uh, Jonas, I thought, did a good job of, um, you know, fitting in, not having to explain that he was time-traveling. Uh, so he did a good job with yes. that. He was able to get a bed, um, and we see that Noah, we see Noah was there to set that all up. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, what'd you think about all that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty neat that when, um, you know, he kind of walks by the girl on the stoop and we find out that's Agnes, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's, we know that that's Noah's uh, great-grandmother, and that was kind of a cool moment. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we do get to see uh, Noah. And he's kind of creepy and, and kind of, you know, <laughs> saying random things and, you know, doing his thing, kind of acting like he knows everything and, and you know, saying, oh, I thought you'd look different. Right, you know, he that, knew that. That type of thing. Right, that was interesting yeah, that he, he knew that. Acting like he knew everything that was going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously later on in his life, we know that he has that book that tells tells him mostly everything except those ripped out pages that he not finally has. But he even seems to know everything back then. Uh, back when he was a youth, and yeah, he's. Uh, it seems like he knew that uh, he knew that Jonas was coming, and I guess at the end of the episode, maybe he knew because this is the, you know the start of Adam, and I thought we'd have to keep that a secret, but luckily that was revealed at the end of the episode. So perhaps that's the reason why he knew everything. Adam told him this story, right? Yeah, or you know, I think Adam discussed it with Noah and older Noah, mm-hmm. and older Noah explains it to younger Noah. Right. Right. We see that um, they have a relationship. At least you get that's kind of the sense of that's what's going on. Um, you know, it, every scene in this time frame is really interesting, at least from, from my perspective. And, you know, that the kind of layer that you go down into, like the little, the little lift, and then you kind of go through this, like, I don't know, this facade to get into a certain, like, very nice mahogany room, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it's really cool. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I want someone to lead me down to a cool, like, you know, area like that. I mean, <laughs> it seems pretty neat, doesn't it? It does seem neat. I would be pretty bummed about being in 1921, though. Um, that would be a huge bummer for me. Uh, all this technology, my sports knowledge isn't as good back then, so I wouldn't be able to make a fortune on the uh, on the World Series futures or something like that. Uh, so, or the Bundesliga, you know, if we're there. Um, but, Are you kidding me? You would just put money on, on the Yankees every year. You, you do fine. I guess you, that's you, right, you, 1920s. You a lot of money. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling about these uh, 27 Yankees uh, <laughs> coming exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if you'd be able to find anywhere in uh, Germany that would be able to take those odds. Um, you would need to find your way to, to the States, but yeah. Yeah, and and a little little bit of a side. It also seems very difficult to leave Winden. Uh, I know uh, the, that uh, Clausen later on in the episode talks about you people never seem to leave Winden. It doesn't seem like it's allowed. You know, I just uh, just I don't understand. It's not allowed, and you can't sell your home either because everyone stays in the same home they grew up in, right? That, that's that's one of the other rules of Winden. <laughs> right, right, right. You can't trade real estate. Maybe that's why people can't leave. They can't sell their home, right? No, I mean, that's kind of one of the main things. They're stuck to, there. To leaving a place is, is being able to 
you know, uh, the liquidity within the real estate market, right? <laughs> yeah, nothing like growing up in the in the home you grew up. Uh, nothing like living in the home you grew up in when you're an adult. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, sorry, that was just a little aside. But back to Adam and Jonas, we uh, we do have that at the end where uh, you talked about the the mahogany, the nice room that they that they reveal, and Adam's talking to him, and I really couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, we're here already. Um, and we have Adam telling Jonas that he is him and he shows him the scar from, uh, the hanging that Jonas endured and seems to be confirmation, right? Um, did you yeah. like this whole reveal? You know, it was nice. It, it, you know, we, we had been hearing about Adam for a while now and, you know, to not have it be a situation where we're trying to figure out who he is or where does he come from? The, the reveal straight up is actually quite refreshing in my mind. I mean, it's, it's very nice in the fact that we don't need to worry about it. We can just take in what he's telling us um, and, and truly evaluate the situation and, and you know, more focusing on what's going to happen to you. So how is he going to go from being the main character that we know right now to the stranger that we've met in season one and now to Adam in season two? How is that going to progress? How, how are we going to learn? I mean, cer- certainly, you know, when you find out that Adam is Jonas, you, you realize that, okay, over the course of this show, they're going to need to show us how this happened. You know, how did this transition occur, right? Right. And he also mentions, he, he even tells Jonas that time travel has its effects on people. Even though we've seen other people who have time traveled a lot that don't seem to have the same effects. So that is interesting that he doesn't, he has that, that scarring on his face. And so it'll be interesting to see how Jonas comes to get that. And like, like you said, um, it'll be interesting to see how he turns into the stranger as well. He's still, right. he's in 1921 right now. Adam mentions in this episode that he's going to send Jonas to start the next, or the final cycle, I should say. So he seems to be setting some things in motion that are going to be pretty big for Jonas. So he seems to have a plan for Jonas or a plan for himself. So all this is in motion. And of course, Jonas couldn't leave, right? Because the sick Mundus lair, he tried to get through the cave, but it was uh, it was closed off, right? It wasn't built yet. Yeah, that was a sad moment, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Stuck here. He gets to the end of that, and it's like, it's not quite there yet. And uh, it won't be, you know, won't be finished for another 20 years. And, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. But, you know, I, I, I feel like it's, it's just a very interesting scene. I, I also feel like whatever Adam used as far as a time machine, Claudia has clearly got the better one because she she does not have nearly the effects that Adam does, right? I mean, she mm-hmm. she looks pretty. I mean, she's she's unkempt, but she doesn't have the scarring that Adam has, right? Right. She just had <laughs> her natural better time machine, a little bit easier on her face and and her features. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever's going on with Adam, I would not want to have happen. So if I was Jonas, I'd just be like, oh man. How do I stop becoming you? <laughs> that would be my only focus, but of course, it seems impossible. I don't know how that would work, but uh, yeah, tough uphill battle for Jonas, huh? Yep, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> do you have anything else on the past, or do you want to move on to the present? I think we can move on to the present. Okay, what I want to talk about first, I, I want to talk about the teenagers teaming up and uh, just kind of kidnapping Bartosh, tying him up, beating him up, and leaving him in the cave? That was that was wild stuff, wasn't it? It was great. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the, the best moment of the entire episode was the part where all of a sudden they're in the caves and some random guy just pops out. They're like, what? 
Bartosh? <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes it seem it's going to be like somebody ominous. It seems like it's going to be a monster. And yeah, all of a sudden it's Bartosh who's been missing from our, my, our last couple episodes. Have uh, been I, As much as I've hated on him, um, I've started to just do a complete 180. And now I'm on Bartosh watch all the time. And I just want him in every scene. So I was, it was a, <laughs> I was glad to see him come back. And I was like, look what they did to my boy. <laughs> You know, the first time I watched this, the, the the seasons, when this scene happens, you're kind of rooting for them to, you know, for Bartosh to get hit in the face oh, yeah. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't really like him, but then now watching it again, having the retrospect of kind of all the seasons, you, you kind of like Bartosh. And you're like, oh, they don't need to beat him up. Like, you can just tie him up. You, you don't need to be mean. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want him to have to, like, quit acting like uh, the guy who played Joffrey did, uh, he just, the too much hate for that actor, and, and you know, I'm I'm sure yeah. that uh, he's not getting the same level of hate as the Joffrey character did. But um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, Bartosh has his moments. So um, anyway, but uh, yeah, they they take the time machine from him, right? I guess that's the big story. They do, they do. Yeah, and you know, it's it's kind of cool. I like, uh, I really enjoy the cinematography. When you kind of see the four kids, or the teenagers, I should say, not necessarily kids, but four teens kind of coming in towards the cave, and you kind of see it from the perspective of the cave, you know? So the viewer is inside the cave, and you see them kind of walking towards it. I, I just think it's a very cool scene, um, and, and visually, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I noticed they kept showing the cave a couple different times like that from, you know, from a far away. And even when jo- Jonas was in it, I was thinking it was... I was trying to remember. I was like, okay, have we seen him leave the cave yet? And it was just a setting up shot to see him walking around the cave again. So, um, yeah, I like what they did with the cave too. Um, it's a great setting. You know, we've come to it, come back to it so much in dark. So, uh, you know, it's yeah. a place. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, that, that the kids are like, we just kind of, we got to go back to the cave. We know there's something there. There's something important and we're not seeing it. And the fact that they're all going together and there are, you know, there's similar to you know the early you know early in season one when they go back and you kind of had had you know Mickles like oh why is he here and like same thing with with Ellie right like why is she here oh well, we had to bring her like you know it's a necessity like you know we we had to she had to come with and and you know you kind of have that going on at the same time when you kind of see a little bit from her perspective you get to kind of. Um, you know, kind of experience certain things from her perspective during the, it's a, it's a cool moment in the episode. Yeah, I mean, you get all the staples of Wyndon, right? You get the bad parenting that leads to, you know, Ellie, you know, Ellie needing a babysitter because yep. the parents haven't been around for a couple days, Francisco not, says. Not an adult in sight. Not yep. an adult in sight. They're having their own meetings, right? But, um, uh, not so yeah, we have, we have that going on. And also, I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, last episode we were talking about Magnus and, uh, you know, what a scumbag he was and how he shouldn't be off the hook. But he gets off the hook, like, really easily right here from Francisca. She's like, look, we both said some things. I'm not going to forgive you or I'm not going to apologize, but let's move on. You know, I think so. I, I think I think that Fran really likes Magnus and, and uh, you know, that affinity kind of, a, you know, lets him kind of get off easy right there. You know, uh, I think he kind of, he kind of lucks out there on that one. Yeah, I guess we all have a weak spot, right? So I guess that, yeah, yeah, that must be Franz. Um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, Magnus, you know, 
you're a lucky one there. That was that was tough. That was tough what you did, and you, she let you back in your grasp. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought you know I thought I think the teens are really interesting. I really like this subplot, and I'm excited that they're all together now, and they could uh, hopefully work together in the future. And I feel like they're a good team, you know. Like I feel like like uh, the combination of uh, you know the, all all four of them, even with with you know with Ali, he was a little younger, but still very very smart. You know, and on top of things, I feel like that's a that's a good team. You know, they they can put their heads together and and really figure things out. Yeah, and then you got Magnus. He, uh, uh, what does he do around here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, he's kind of the brawn of the group, right? He's the one who who, who can tie up Artosh and, and beat him up a little true. bit, right? Yeah, he he came in handy today. He was Mister Slug, so that was good. Uh, he did. Yeah. Um. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Um, and then I guess we have the adults meeting too, right? We have Charlotte uh, and, uh, well, I guess we should start with Hannah wants to loop in Charlotte, right? Right. Um, we have the scene where Jonas is, you know, pouring milk like he always does. And then uh, he finds Hannah's passport and gun that she's been um, holding for T- uh, Tiedemann as a blackmail. And he ends up, uh, she ends up saying that Charlotte's going to come over and she does. And they need to loop more people into this, right? Right. It's kind of funny how he finds the, the stranger, Jonas, finds the gun, and is like, what is all this? And then all of a sudden she's like, hey, Charlotte's coming over. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Change the subject. You <laughs> called the cops? What? <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's just Charlotte. Yeah. We, we just need to talk to her. I need to tell her. Like, you know? Yeah. I was like, if I'm stranger, Jonas, I was like, oh, no, this is ending in handcuffs for me. Yeah, this isn't good. Yeah. It's just what happened to Ulrich. He's gonna be stuck in the, stuck in the time. He didn't, well, I guess he does belong here, but he's been yo-yoing back and forth. Yeah, and then then you know after they loop in Charlotte, they talk to Charlotte's husband, uh, Peter, and that leads to looping in Katarina, which is uh, a really funny scene where Katarina's recapping what happened. Uh, so I have a son that's stuck in the '80s and a husband that's stuck in the '50s, and you're not gonna save them because you still want to be born. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you know then. The scene where it's a car ride with Charlotte driving Katarina is is in particular, you know, kind of gut-wrenching, right? Because if you think about it from Katarina's perspective, you know, you, you have the one of the main police officers or like the head police officer, you know, telling you, hey, we found something. She won't tell you what, and she's driving you there. Like, if, if she would have found Ulrich or Mikkel or both of them, alive she would have told them she would have told her over the phone Be like okay we found them we're driving there right now you know they're safe that type of thing but instead she won't say anything and she's like i need to show you i need to take you there which automatically implies that they're dead in my mind like if 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 i had you know a spouse that's that's missing and a child that's missing and you're you need to drive me there i assume that i'm going to see at least one body if not two yeah so she's kind of freaking out in the car right i mean she's just like what are we gonna see there like you know and then then charlotte kind of kind of spills the beans a little bit and she's like well you know they're they're okay but you know they're not i think the word she uses is we found them but they're not here (laughs) right which is super cryptic but you know it's it's uh, it's the truth <laughs> right i thought katarina should have been asking so where are they you know like what do you like she says what do you mean they're not here but like i would be like okay so where are they france berlin uh where'd they take them to you know but she doesn't ask that it's like kind of understood that it's something weirder than that i guess 
Yeah, no, I think I think she kind of was like, look, you just need to see it, and like that type of yeah. thing. And they don't really necessarily show that scene, but you know, it's you just you feel for her. I, it's got to be very scary. Um, and then the conversation that ensues in the bunker is is pretty interesting, and, and it leads to a, a nice screenshot of you know when she finally does say like, okay, wait, so you you saw that go, and you didn't bring him back. Because you need to make sure you're born, and then they all kind of hang their heads. They're like, yep. "Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> yep, that's right." It's just so funny. Yeah, no, I really, I really crack up at that scene. I took a picture of that and have that on uh, my my recap on Wake Up Winden. Yeah, that that's a great image. And then uh, she's, yeah, she's she doesn't believe them, of course. And like, I I also enjoy how she thinks that Jonas is like, you know Hannah's new boy toy, but uh, it turns out he's like, "No, I'm actually your grandson." And that makes her laugh. So uh, you got that going on. What did you think about all that? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you know, this younger guy who just showed up in town and he's with, you know, the woman who kind of sleeps around a little bit. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, like, yeah, you're with him, right? Like, Obviously. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I'm actually her son and, and you're my grandmother. It's like, okay, come on now. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you talking Come on. I'm not, I'm not buying this bullshit. <laughs> this is what she says police search that continues right he uh kind of shakes down alexander tiedemann and he has wooler by his side because charlotte called in sick which seems very uncharlotte like to do i don't think she's maybe ever done that in her life but she does in this episode <laughs> she's got bigger things right? i think you know in my mind if i put myself in charlotte's shoes i'm just like look you, you're gonna have cloths and breathing down your neck all day you're not gonna get anything done anyway you may as well just call in sick and not come in that day anyway you know and try and actually get things done trying to get to the bottom of something which is i think what her thought process was at least at least in my mind yeah i think she's trying to figure out how many sick days she has and how many days in the task force clausen has and she's trying to figure out if she could ride that out but i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) stick for the rest of the month yeah exactly so anyway yeah so we get uh, we have Clausen with Voller. He gets uh, roped into all this, and uh, it's interesting for Voller because he's also working with Tiedemann from season one, so he's kind of compromised. And then, uh, what did you think about that scene? Yeah, you know, obviously we, we wanted to get to the story of what happened to, to Voller's eye. We don't get it. He almost <laughs> hits Claudia, which was a nice scene. I mean, that was that was kind of funny. Uh, and and then you know the whole the dynamic between the two of them is kind of weird. And then. Even more so, the conversation between Alexander and Clausen is super weird. I mean, it's it's like it's just really odd. And then by the end of it, Wooler's kind of like, okay, like you know, how did you get this position? <laughs> you know, yeah, how did exactly. you? Which is kind of it's kind of upfront. It's an upfront question, but then you know, he kind of gets to the bottom of it with that he requested that Clausen requested to be in this position. So. You know, that that was kind of interesting, right? Yeah, and then, yeah, there's, like, he, like, paused when he let him know that his name was Alexander Kohler, and, yeah, he seems very interested in this, and seems more interested in Alexander Tiedemann than anybody else, so definitely something to watch with Clausen. And then I agree, that was great with uh, uh, Claudio, and we were about to find out about Voller. And I'm like, Voller, look at the road, look at the road. And then, of course, you know, Claudio pops out, and he can't avoid her, or he does avoid her, thankfully. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a great little scene, a little funny thing for the fans, I think. Yeah, it was. It was pretty interesting, and you know, I, it's part of why I think they have they make sure the Clausen can't drive 
because he ends up with random conversations in these car rides. <laughs> yeah, they need they need like <laughs> that are fairly interesting, right? Yeah, they need like a kind of like a transition, like something to you know a crutch that they're able to like rely on. Like here's where like we could talk about the plot, but here's what's going on, right? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Claudia. We see that she, there's a really great scene, Jared, where she's going to find the digital media and she ends up going to the library and she's asking about events for the town history. And the guy goes, well, yeah, it's all digitized. And she's like, well, where can I find that? And it leads her to the room with all the tablets and she has to ask for help. Did you like this scene? I did. It reminded me of Zoolander where they're (laughs) like, the files are in the computer, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, one of my wife's favorite movies. So yes, I do. Uh, I do like that. Um, and what I wanted to say too about the uh, the tablets, it's you know how they say Apple. It's so intuitive. Any anybody could use it. That was really true for Claudia, right? After after a few seconds, she was able to use the touch screen, and you know she was going. She was doing just a fine job. She was doing just fine. I mean, the, the funny part is, is like if I try and envision myself in some of these characters, you know, what would I do? You know, how would I act? And, you know, I'd hope to be as smart as Claudia was where she just kind of waited and watched what other people did and did it that right way. But, you know, whatever they're going to have in the future, 33 years from now, I, I don't know if I'd be as graceful as Claudia, you know, pulled that out with uh, figuring out the, uh, the keyboard on the, on the tablet and everything like that. Like she, she did a pretty good job there. I guess it's a good thing that, you know, she is who she is and that she is so industrious and that she is the, you know, in the time where it was very difficult for women to have these leading jobs where she is who she is, right? She's uh, she's a leader and she's able to figure things out that we probably wouldn't be able to. You, Absolutely. You know, it's funny, Jer, because you said, you know, you're picturing yourself as the characters too. And I, I could not compare myself to Claudia. I could never make it there. I, I'm the girl who was, uh, ask, who Claudia was asking, uh, do these things connect to the printer? And if I was that girl, I'd be like, they do, but trust me, it's not worth your time. <laughs> Isn't that different? Like, have you ever, like, I've never been able to connect a tablet to the printer. That just seems like you're asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you for sure. Especially in those public places. I feel like printing never works. <laughs> yeah. Or else, yeah, she's definitely, uh, she's definitely have to like take out her credit card and uh, that'll be a whole new thing. Like, oh yeah, you just pay for it digitally. Or it's like the one tap payment, right? Where it's, uh the cardless payment, like it would be something that would be really confusing um, for her to be, have to do, you know? Well, all of her credit cards probably expired 30, you know, however, <laughs> 30 years ago. And she definitely doesn't have a, a like a, a, something that enables her to tap and go. I mean, <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah, in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that would be great. I would like to see her like pull out her checkbook at, at the printer station. <laughs> uh, ma'am. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. <laughs> Jokes aside, she does uh, find out some really important information here. So we'll slow down a little bit and talk about some of these articles that she has stumbled upon. And the first one, you know, yep. she she looks up herself. And I'm kind of laughing because I guess this is what you would do first, right? You'd look up yourself. And I don't know if you'd want these spoilers. Like, all of this information she's finding is that you want to you wanna read it at first. And then afterwards, you're like, ugh, I don't, I don't want to know any of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think if you're a brave person, you look up yourself. If, if you're not like, I mean, part of me is like, oh, I'd like to think I'd look at myself first, you know, but part of me would think hey, you might not want to know what, what your ending comes, you know, like what, what that looks like. You know, I think there's there's arguments on both sides, but, you know, she takes the brave approach. She, she Googles herself first um, 
and uh, and and she finds you know the kind of article just you know talking about her disappearance, right? Yep, disappears without a trace. Um, I think the first one she saw was that she was the youngest. Um, you know, the first article that pops up is that she's the oh first woman power plant uh, director, and then it goes to the disappearance one. So kind of a good right. good news, bad news there. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, Claudia. So it's it's interesting that she. Because she had gone to the power plant at first, right? She actually thought she would find herself there. And when she goes to the power plant, she's looking for Claudia Tiedemann. And they tell her that there's no Claudia here. It's Alexander Tiedemann. And that really confuses her. And that's one of the great images of this uh, of this episode is Claudia like with a shocked Pikachu face over uh, over Alexander Tiedemann being in charge of the power plant. Oh, yeah, for sure. She tries to pull an older Claudia, right? Yeah. What did old Claudia do? She visited young Claudia. She's like, I'm going to do that same thing. Like, <laughs> I've got this. And it doesn't quite work out <laughs> to her benefit. <laughs> no, it doesn't work out as well as uh, the for the older version. So, you know, this news is uh, obviously disturbing. So she, she moves on and she's going to Google the people that are closest to her, right? And she Googles Regina. And... She finds out the Tiedemann news. She finds out, okay, that she married Alexander. That's, okay, probably could have seen that coming. Maybe. Actually, probably not. They're probably pretty early in their relationship. And then she sees the Hotel Winden news. And I was laughing, Jerry. You know that thing that goes around the internet, the uh, picture before the disaster? I was thinking that could be applied to uh, Regina <laughs> and the Hotel yeah. Winden opening. Doesn't end well. Yeah, it doesn't end well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> So the uh, next article she sees is that it is closed. And uh, that leads her to search for her father, Egon. And this is really, uh, really rough stuff because in the 80s, he's found dead in his apartment just two days after the current day in 1987, I think is when they are. So this is obviously very distressing for Claudia. And you've got to, you know, wonder what's going to happen next, right? Right. It's by far the... The, the worst of all the articles, right? I mean, at least with her disappearance, it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. I'm, you know, I'm time traveling. It makes sense. I might not go back or people might not be able to find me or whatever, you know, and then the hotel closing. Okay. Well, you know, my daughter can get other work hopefully. And, you know, I'm sure she'll be fine. I did very well for myself, that type of thing. You feel like there could be a rebound there. Then you find out he died, but then the, the, part that's so disturbing about it is that it, it's going to happen a couple days from now you know or from where you left and and that's probably the most disturbing part right yeah and you know with everything happening with like the older version of herself visiting her i think she has to think that all these things are related right this time travel <laughs> all these articles that are coming out um I, I, i'm just skipping ahead to the end of the episode i was thinking about what Elizabeth and the translator were talking about, how Elizabeth says this time-traveling substance, it's part, it's part, um, they say it's uh, part of God, but it's really part of the devil. And that's what this time travel is, right? That's what this whole show is about, that, yeah, that you could do this miraculous things, but then it's leading to these terrible things, and you're finding out this terrible news, and it leads you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. So, you know, I just thought that was interesting. I, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great comment on the show. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's you, the ability to time travel would be a godsend, but it would also lead you down a dark path. I mean, I think it, it kind of has for a lot of the characters. I mean, for the majority of the characters, you know, because of one reason or another, a lot of them are not doing good things. 
and and it is a part of the devil as a result of that. Yeah, you know, let's um, if we can, let's try to stop down and like like dig into that a little bit. So the characters that have time traveled, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. We have Ulrich; he's in prison, right? Um, and we yep. can keep going as we are going on. Now, we can, and we can say he definitely did some dark things. He definitely when he and, time traveled. And it wouldn't, and things that wouldn't have happened, obviously, without time traveling. So, check mark with yes. him. Yeah. And, and things that he would never have done had he not time traveled. As absolutely, well. absolutely. Uh, Claudia. I mean, right now, I know we know that the older version of herself is trying to do things, but we see that she's time traveling. She's finding out this information. Does this information lead to her disappearance? We don't know what's going to happen with this yet, but Claudia will definitely be somebody to keep an eye on. Um, how about Jonas? Right. <laughs> I think Jonas with the reveal in this episode, Jonas turning into Adam, uh, is that going to be a good thing? <laughs> it certainly doesn't seem like it, right? And, you know, I think we, we don't, you know, we're going to see how it plays out over the rest of the show, but, um, you know, I, Adam doesn't seem like a, a happy-go-lucky guy that, no. that only does good things. <laughs> no, and he's directly leading Noah to do terrible things through time travel, who directly influences Helga. And so we're getting all these characters are... Anybody who's affected with this time travel is really going to have a tough time, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would I would completely agree. Bartosz um, gets beat up. I don't know if he's time traveling, but he, he carries the time... He carries the... Uh, carries the time machine and he's left for dead in the cave. So uh, another, another instance. Yep. Time travel is, is no good. I mean, hypothetically it would be a great thing, right? But then when you, when you really dig into it and really, really think about these characters, it doesn't seem to be a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, that hypothetical great thing, maybe Jonas, you know, Jonas, great guy, right? We love Jonas. And if Mikla, yeah. if Mikkel didn't go back in time, which was bad for him, but it did lead to Jonas, maybe this good thing, right? But it turns into this bad thing that's Adam. So you know, it's um, yeah, I don't know, it just kind of kind of got going in circles there. But I, I think that's I think that's all good stuff. I, I think you you kind of touched upon the one character who time travels that really doesn't do anything that bad, right? It's Mikkel, right? I guess so. I, I he just kind of lives his life until until he commits suicide. But at the, throughout that, yeah, he didn't. He didn't do anything terrible, at least that we've seen, right? I would say, uh, yes. I mean, in the time traveling, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything bad, right? Um, I guess he's affected, though, right? Big suicide isn't, he's certainly affected. Yeah. And, and which, you know, leads to the suicide, you know, you would assume. Yeah. But, but during his time, time traveling, he doesn't do anything evil, Right? No, no. His his childhood is robbed of him, right, and transformed to a, a new place. So that's kind of the evil that happens to him. But he does meet his wife, Hannah. Right? I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, I think that's good, right? Yeah, you gotta, yeah. That, that, yeah. You gotta count that for something. It's right? okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's good in theory, and then uh, you know she starts sleeping with the cops behind your back, and that's pretty rough. But. That's, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think, God, golly, I think this time travel stuff is just no good. I don't think. No <laughs> <laughs> good. The more I think about it, I, I think I'd leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really sat down and thought about it, I think we should probably pass on yeah. the time travel if it's ever offered to us. Yes. Yeah. And uh, certainly don't listen to an older version of ourselves because we're probably uh, <laughs> probably barking up the wrong tree. Adam, you know, he's he's talking about in this episode, like, speaking of messing with time, Adam wants to mess with time. He wants to give Jonas a push. He wants to set Jonas in motion. We were talking earlier 
that, you know, stink to be stuck in 1921. Is this where Jonas is going to be forever? But at least Adam seems to be alluding to the fact that there's a plot here. We're going to send you somewhere and you're going to be the one that gets everything started. All that's needed is a push. So Adam, not afraid, right? Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. So, you know, um, I want to circle back to the cat, Charlotte, Hannah, Peter, the adults meeting uh, just a little bit. We never kind of wraps that up with Katerina going to the school. Do you want to kind of explain what uh, Katerina finds when she goes to the school? Yeah, you know, I think, okay, if if I'm Katerina and I'm thinking from her, her standpoint, you know, I have the, the chief of police come to me, tell me this crazy story. I have other people pointing to the story, believing my friends, believing in the story. You got to see something for your own eyes. You, you got to understand it. That's the only way you're going to truly believe it. You know, people can tell you things, they could try and convince you, but a lot of people need to see things for their own, with their own eyes. And, you know, um, Katerina being the, the resourceful person she is automatically comes up with a great idea, which is to go back to the school, which you're principal of, and look at the old class pictures, which makes all the sense in the world. And she does that. And obviously there's that scene where it's, you know, it's, it's terrible. About it. It's her obviously crying, seeing the picture of Nickel and realizing that he was just probably a couple of years younger than her during the entire time she was in grade school and she never realized it. She never, she never, you know, had a lot of interactions with them, you know, other than kind of brushing him to the side. And that was, that was kind of it. <laughs> she probably was like, no, him, no. I called him a douchebag so many times. Oh my, I cannot believe this. This is so bad. <laughs> yeah, just like, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, like uh, him growing up, like, uh, you know, as her son, and she didn't connect it to what she saw. And I know we've talked about that before. I guess the picture kind of really confirmed it for her. But I just do think it's, I think it's just, yeah, it sucks, right? That like, shit, this is what, that was her son. And she treated him so poorly um, when she had the opportunity to meet him. So yeah, time travel, man. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's gotta be disturbing for her to realize that something that she wants so badly at this point in her life was right there under her nose when she was a young, you know, when she was a young person, you know, yeah, that's gotta be so painful, you know, to really come to that realization. Yeah. The frustration she's feeling and, you know, um, I think that's during the montage, right? Where she's finding that and. Um, I, yeah, the song, the song was good. It was a good song for the montage, but, uh, I, it really did hit home, right? Where, oh, yeah. where she's, where she's sitting there and yeah, she's, you could definitely tell that she's thinking about everything that she's done and how it just impossible and frustrating. You talked about how, yeah. uh, sorry, you, you talked about how, you know, you have to see things through your own eyes, right? And just a little thing as I was going through my notes, I realized Charlotte found the time machine blueprint from her grandfather earlier in this episode which kind of maybe conditioned her to, you know, start to believe Hannah when Hannah calls her and then kind of loops uh, Katerina into all of this. Um, and we've talked about Charlotte before, right? How she's always been kind of observing the birds and she always seems kind of predisposed to kind of believe this stuff. Do you have anything to add on that? I think in addition, she's a detective, right? Yep. You know, she she's going to believe things when she sees uh, clues, she doesn't need to see things for her own eyes. She can see a diagram for a time machine. She can see things linking to her, her, you know, her, her father, her grandfather, I should say. Uh, she's going to see all these things and st- 
start to believe based on, you know, indicators as opposed to a direct picture of what had gone on. Yep. And she gets new information. I think she had that voicemail from Ulrich too, that uh, Clausen was so concerned about that she lied about. And so she, there's a lot of clues leading up to this, right? Yep. So it's good. Sure is. She's, she's putting them all together. And yep. uh, now we've got two groups that, I mean, that are formed in this episode. We have the adult group that's, you know, keen. They know about the time travel. And then, of course, we have the teens who, of course, stole, stole Bartosh's time traveling machine. And we got to see what's going to happen because now we have these two groups in the present that know about time travel. And we got to see how they both handle it. Will they come together? What will become of these two groups? All right. You know, obviously you have, you have the group of adults that are really trying to piece things together. They're figuring it out. They're kind of getting to the bottom of it. But then you have this other group of kids that just basically went into the cave hoping to just stumble upon something. And what do they stumble upon? The freaking time machine. I mean, like, <laughs> they, they, you know, they don't really understand how everything's working. They don't understand why things are happening or what's wrong with everyone in town, but they're the ones who stumble upon the time machine. <laughs> it's interesting. They really want action, right? Um, it seems like the adults, they're going to plan in the bunker and the kids are like, let's just go to the cave, storm the caves, right? So there's the, yep. there's the planning versus the action. That's a good point. Um, of course, we saw Katarina. She tried to go to the caves and she was unsuccessful. I think with a big group though, it's, it's a different story, right? You have more of a chance maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, or maybe they're just lucky. <laughs> maybe they're just lucky that's true i mean it was perfect timing to run into bartosh there so that was good on them uh okay so we're, we're talking about katarina here i want to bring up uh, a few things here um a few hot takes and you can let me know if this is reasonable or just uh too hot to handle uh katarina okay. as a principal should you know she she you told me that she went to you know go get the picture my question is should she still have access to the school? Should she still have this job after seven months of seemingly, uh, I, I don't know, just doesn't seem like she's with it. I know that she's going through tough circumstances, but it just doesn't seem like she's there present for her family. And if she can't be present for her family, I don't know how she's present at her job. What do you think about that take? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, really, it probably depends on how good her vice principal is, you know? Is she one of those people who delegates everything to the vice principal and they, that vice principal can kind of carry the load while she's kind of on a mental sabbatical for, you know, however many months, you know? And if that's the case, then, you know, I guess she, she might be okay. But if she doesn't have a vice principal that can do all those types of things and she's not doing anything right and not being absent, you know, being absent from her role, then, yeah, I would say she would probably lose her position. You know, I, I'm just thinking there's got to be some big budget, you know, decision-making things that are coming down to the wire, and she's going to look at it, she's going to be thinking of Mikkel, and she's going to be like, you know what, Wyndon needs the world's biggest playground. <laughs> she's going to lose it, <laughs> thinking about Mikkel, um, and, you know, all sorts of bad decisions will, will lead on from there, so, <laughs> but uh, I'm joking, of course, I know that Katarina has a lot going on, but it doesn't seem like a... I don't know, leave of absence might be good. Uh, may, and who knows, maybe they are doing that. But just thought, like, oh, man, she never talks to her family. She can't be working much. I don't know. Maybe she sinks into her job to escape from everything. Yeah, we don't know. It, it, if one thing is for sure, the show doesn't show us. She doesn't show her working quite a bit. But that doesn't mean that she's not working. So, you know, we just got to take it at face value. Yes, yeah, so this this section will be full of speculation. So, um, 
<laughs> Actually, the, the next one is, I, I was trying to think of some dark hot takes, and um, I was I was thinking, I was trying to take the opposite view of what I normally think about Clausen. So he, here's my Clausen hot take here, and I don't know if I agree with it. And I, actually, I definitely don't agree with it, but here we go. Clausen's the hero. He's the only one trying to solve anything in this town where people are lying, keeping secrets, and deceiving everybody. Can we follow Clausen and get his point of view? Because he's the one who is solving everything. <laughs> I, I, I disagree. I think Charlotte's trying to find figure out things. I, I feel like she's the one that I want to follow around all the time, not Clausen. Yeah, I'm I just think she's smarter. She's, uh, she she kind of connect, connects clues faster, and I feel like she's more linked into Wyndham. Um, so I, I, I disagree with that hot take. Yes, and I... Uh, so so sorry the gotta shake that out i just i can't believe i just tried to side with clausen for a moment there so let me get get rid of that one (laughs) um okay and then my third hot take i've i've been kind of uh, you know leaning into this as we've gone throughout but uh um team bartosh now uh jonas sucks uh not only is he always wandering around he turns into adam so for both plot reasons and just uh personal boredom reasons uh i'm out on jonas jonas sucks okay (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I can't be out on Jonas. I, 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 I give him a pass. He, he's had a lot going on. I mean, you think about how this all started, his father committing suicide, and, you know, how, how it all kind of came over him, um, and kind of dealing with everything and what he's gone through. Has he made some poor choices? Sure. But I'm not out on him. I, I'm, I'm happy to see what he does. And Bartosh just seems kind of spoiled and, you know, I, I don't know. You, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm not really on it either. Actually, I really do like the actor who plays Jonas, so I don't want to say anything bad about him. I actually really like him. I think he does a great job with the character. I just really do. The wandering really bothers me. I think on a rewatch, too, where um, when I'm taking notes, I'm just like, okay, nothing's happening, then I have to note down. And I guess it's kind of good because it's kind of a break, but I really, I do find myself just like my mind wanders sometimes during these long Jonas scenes. Um, I like the stranger version of him a lot. The younger version, and obviously Adam, I'm not so fond of. I don't know if that makes sense at all. I just kind of wanted to talk that out. Sure, sure. I, I guess you're right. I mean, we, we kind of need to take him in in three separate groups, right? Uh, obviously, um, you know, Adam, we haven't had much exposure to at this point. He First interaction doesn't seem that great, so we can kind of do a thumbs down on that one. Um, Stranger Jonas at first seemed very harsh yeah. and didn't, I, I mean, almost, I, I if you remember the first conversation he had with younger Jonas was, was just so, it was just rough, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like you'd go down the path of not liking him. However, the way he's interacted with Hannah and what he's trying to do now, and you kind of see him talking with, you know, compassion and, you can tell he's trying to do something. You kind of he kind of wins you over a little bit, uh, and then we get to the younger Jonas, which he's just a young kid. Yes. Like I can't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to dislike him. You're <laughs> right. No, he has. He definitely. You're definitely right about that. And he has gone through a ton with, um, you know, his father dying and, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, his friend taking his girlfriend. Right. And yeah. Uh, um, you know, finding out about time traveling. I am being overly harsh on Jonas. I definitely understand that. I guess that's just my scalding hot take. I think I think it's more. <laughs> it's, I think it really is for me the 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 long scenes of wandering in the caves. I think I think that got to me in season one just on the rewatch. 
obviously it's not a problem sure. the first time through. And when you brought up Jonas the Stranger and how he's harsh at the beginning, I think the first time through, we also think he's possibly uh, the one that's hurting the children, right? Because he's the he's the one that they keep showing with a hood. And I think they show him and Helga, which is kind of what's confusing because there's two hooded figures and you kind of think that it's yep. Jonas the Stranger. So we're not supposed to like him in the first, you know, five or six episodes or whatever. And then as more information becomes clear, I think you can kind of guess... I don't know. Did you guys, like, can I ask you this? Did you, uh, before Jonas was revealed as himself when he was the stranger in season one, episode 10, did you know that going into that? Or did you have a guess about that? I did not. I didn't know that, that one, either. That one caught, caught me for a complete loop. Yeah. Um, there are other things I guess we could, we could discuss in the spoiler section that yeah. I feel like I could had a better grip on, but yep. that one in particular, I had, I did not see coming at all. No. And, and when you rewatch it, you're like, oh man, I should have seen that come. Do you know what I mean? Right. No, <laughs> but, doesn't it feel so obvious on the rewatch? I agree a hundred percent, but I didn't catch it the first time. Yeah, no, it, it does. It totally does. And, um, the, the, the one I did catch in season one, and I think I, they're like heavily leading you towards this. I think I knew that Mikkel was going to be Jonas's dad pretty early, like two episodes before that they said it. But uh, obviously like when he first sees Hannah, I think that's what they want us to think, but I remember I was like, oh, shit, that's Mikkel's going to be Jonas's dad. And that was confirmed. But I never knew the stranger Jonas until that was revealed. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, those, those, those are the three, um, you know, medium, medium takes that I had. Um, probably a hot take with Jonas. I think I'm definitely, I, I, I feel like the Dark fans are going to come after me on that one. Um, but, but, but yeah, the Colossus and the Hero, we'll shoot that one down. And Kat, I think she should probably not have her job anymore. But anyway... Uh, anything else, Jer, on, on the episode? If you want to talk spoilers, I could definitely talk spoilers a little bit. If you have any, uh, if you wanted to share the things you thought you saw coming. Yeah, yeah, I think we could, we could probably get into spoilers at this point. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to start talking about spoilers for this episode. Probably go a few minutes, we'll see what we have for it. And, uh, thank you so much for listening. Sorry if the episode was a little choppy. I wasn't feeling too good on one night. We kind of recorded on two different nights. So hopefully it'll be okay when it comes through. And follow me on Twitter at WakeUpWinden. You could email the show, wakeupwinden at gmail.com. And uh, if you could leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. We would really appreciate that. I've been told it helps. All right. So that should be enough time. If you do not want to hear any spoilers from beyond this episode, you can drop out now. Five, four. Three, two, one. All right, Jerry, we are in spoiler territory. Um, so I'm curious. All right. I'm curious, what uh, what are some things that you might have had a better handle on in the future? You know, I, I, I guess the, the one thing I wanted to talk about for spoilers was um, in this episode, you have that scene where it's younger Noah and older Noah. And older Noah has the book, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think they were, I almost feel like they were talking about who wrote the book and, you know, trying to figure things out essentially between the two of them. And older Noah has the information as far as, um, you know, the, what he got from, you know, dead Claudia and he doesn't share it with younger Noah. And and I just want to know why. Okay. So some of the information, I'm trying to piece this together. So Noah, when he finds those pages, the older Noah, and he's saying, no, 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 Charlotte, Charlotte, that's because he finds out that, sorry, I'm trying to get this straight. 
that uh, Elizabeth is both Charlotte's daughter and and mother, mother right that's that's some of the information he's finding out correct right and, and i think that's the main point right i mean if you were to sum it up in one line yeah as the part that he's in disbelief about it's the fact that the woman that he's i don't know if they're married or not but the woman that he has a child with that woman becomes the mother of that woman that he married <laughs> right so <laughs> right? which is essentially boiled down to um charlotte is both you know her her mother and her own daughter, right? Or Elizabeth told her mother and her daughter. Right, right. And and what you're saying is that he did not let the younger version of himself know that information. I, that's my point. Like, yeah. I guess... Right, that's what there, I'm, I'm just trying to get a, there, yeah. There's a situation there where I, I feel like there should be, I don't know, something... I mean, maybe they do kind of show it. They show him kind of near the fireplace, and I feel like, is he thinking about telling younger Noah like hey by the way this messed up thing is going to happen like maybe you want to steer clear of this or maybe you should investigate it or be aware of the fact that XYZ like you know? yeah because I feel like the younger version is kind of pretty well versed in everything in that book up until the ripped out pages which the older Noah just got right I guess okay so there's a lot of things going on here right so if Noah if the older Noah had told young Noah that then old Noah could never figure that out, right? Later on, he would never, he would have already known the pages, so he wouldn't have to find them, if that makes sense. This is true. This and is true. Also, yeah, so I guess you have the paradox, right? There's a paradox there. And then also, would that mess things up, right? Would that lead young Noah to not, you know, want to be with Elizabeth, which would lead to Elizabeth and, yeah, not Charlotte meet her and all yeah. other stuff? Those are the reasons for it. Just, I don't know. That's all I was thinking about watching that scene. I'm just thinking about the fact that, like, now you have this information. You have a younger version of yourself right there. <laughs> maybe maybe it doesn't matter. You know, like, you know how, like, Noah saved Jonas from hanging himself in season three? Even if he tells him, maybe it just doesn't it's not matter. Gonna, yeah, it's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe he's learned that at this point, you know? And, yeah. and that, that makes sense. Because that version, the older version of Noah has gone through that already. He's seen um, Jonas try and kill himself, and it not work. So maybe he just knows the way things are going to happen are the way the way things are going to happen, and there's really nothing you can do about it other than to do your part. And it's been a while since I've seen season three at this point. Can you help me remember, if you do remember, what what's Noah doing at the end of season three? And if or am I, I going to be dumb here? Does he is it because he got shot by Agnes, or he got shot by Agnes right at the end of season two? Correct. And then... Correct. So, I guess what I'm asking, what's Noah's story, like, towards the end of season three? Is he even in it? It's, it's young Noah, right, who's in it a lot at the end of season three? Correct. I mean, essentially, Noah goes... He... The, the version of him from 1921 mm-hmm. gets transported to the, you know, whatever, the year of the apocalypse, 2020, 2019. Um, or 2018, whatever year it is that the, the event happens, right? And then he takes, you know, at that point he goes further into the future to, um, what would that be, 2052 or something? 32 or something like that. Yeah, or some whatever. Yeah, 2032. And then he stays there for a very long time. And I think it's implied that he's there because him and Jonas and Claudia are trying to figure out how to stabilize the God particle 
and Claudia keeps messing with things so they don't figure it out. Right, right? okay. So he's he was, and yeah, he gets, that's right. That's he gets frustrated. He ends up falling in love with, Elizabeth. with Charlotte. They have a, I'm sorry, with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. They have a kid, you know, and then. She gets taken. Kid is taken. Yeah. And that's when he kind of does all these crazy things. And that's what leads right? him on the spiral. Okay, okay, that helps a lot. Thank you for clearing that one up. And then I guess my ultimate question too is, He's always kind of working for Adam right up until he gets shot, right? Um, or am I wrong about that? Does he ever have a turn? I know because I know he finds the pages and he's pissed off, but does he ever get a chance to act on that revenge? I feel like not so much. Because I Adam feel like he's doesn't. always just kind of kind of working for him and, and he kind of confronts him and then he's quickly shot. <laughs> okay, so when he when he does confront him, that's the end of his life basically, right? Yeah. Interesting. Right? Okay. I, mean, I think I, I think so. I, remember, right? I think I, so. Yeah. I think that's how it plays out. Yeah. I think and I think that's good. No, but I needed to talk that out because I never would have put that all in order or all in a line. So that that was good. I liked that. Um. Okay. How about this? So we're gonna see the Aegon death scene um, in a couple episodes, right? The thing that Claudia read about. That's a really difficult yep. scene to watch when he calls her the White Devil. And, uh, you know, he's trying to call the, he actually figures it out. He knows that the caves, there's something up in the caves and he's trying to call and she hangs up and ends up pushing him and he hits his head on the table and he ends up dying. Man, I can't believe that scene. That's going to be wild. (laughs) It is. It is. (laughs) Um, seeing her read about all this, it just, uh, the show is just, I mean, they just leave these nuggets and you know that they're going to pick up on them, right? They do an incredible job of foreshadowing. Even in the first episode where they make jokes about the end of the world and the apocalypse. Like, they <laughs> yeah. just do a great job of just foreshadowing everything that's going to happen, you yeah. know? And um, yeah. the one episode where they reference the Triketa and the three worlds, and yeah. they're not being just black and white. There's a third world where things exist that are all in gray. And, yeah. and that's, that's kind of how real world is, right? You know, they kind of foreshadow everything. Early oh, on. <laughs> yeah. A glitch in the matrix too, right? Like uh like isn't yeah. this the both worlds are kind of glitches in the matrix, right? Um Totally. And yeah, no, it's uh, they 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 really do an amazing job, so <clears throat> no, really cool. Really cool stuff there. Uh did you have anything you wanted to bring up, uh, spoiler wise? That was I liked that talk about Noah though. Yeah, I think that that was about it. I think it was just kind of the Noah stuff. Um, you know, and that and that was kind of the only spoilery thing that I really wanted to cover. Yeah. A lot coming down the line here at the end of season two. The end of season two is fantastic. Yeah. So it is. Uh, we it got is. a lot. I think this really is kind of like a, you know, set the pieces in motion, right? Because we saw the, they beat up Bartosh, but we don't know what happens next with the time machine. And they need Bartosh, right? They have to go back to him, I believe is what they, he, he ends up telling them how to use it. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they do. They don't leave him there. They come back. Boy, that would be more. I mean, big. they leave him there, but they come back shortly thereafter. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, He's not left in the caves forever. Jeez, that'd be so morbid if, you know, Bartosh, you know, was like eating his hand by the time they came back. Yeah, 2032, they find a body, like a body of bones, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's Bartosh. It's, it's, you shouldn't have left him there. It's Jack from Lost. <laughs> this is our Adam and Eve. No, I'm just kidding. Yep, yep. <laughs> the skeleton. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's all I got for spoilers, too. Uh, Jared, thanks for hanging in there through the through the rough audio and the uh, split split nights on this. We appreciate that. No worries. Happy <laughs> to join.
All right. And yeah, thank you to um, everybody that uh, has been listening to us. And thank you. We just had an update on a five-star review. Uh, we're trying to get these episodes out. Good Kaddish. I think that's how, I think that's how you'd say this reviewer's name, but we really appreciate it. We're going to finish season two as well. Um, so thanks to everybody for listening and hope you guys have a great day.